All right, everybody, this is Gene Martin. Welcome to this week's episode of Paychex's Week in Review, a Thrive podcast where I bring you some news from the prior week that impacts your business potentially going forward. Four items to discuss today. The first, President Biden last week uh, uncovered or revealed his new budget, which covers the next 10 years. Overall, as part of this budget, he expects an additional $4.7 trillion in tax revenues and $800 billion in savings from making changes to government programs. Biden also wants $2.6 trillion in new spending as well. That leaves him with an estimated $2.9 trillion reduction in the deficit. The president emphasized fiscal responsibility as he prepared his budget, portraying Republicans as not being serious about getting the country's finances in order. Republicans have said Biden's plan doesn't go far enough, but they haven't released proposals of their own. My takeaway on this and how it impacts your business it doesn't impact your business at all. Why? Because the president's proposed budget really has no chance of getting approved in Congress, either by the Republican-controlled House or the very split Senate right now. What it does do is it provides a playbook for the future. And the playbook is that the president does want to spend more on social programs and is also into raising taxes, particularly on the wealthy. He is providing certain taxes on billionaires, He wants to raise the corporate tax, uh, obviously, on corporations. And for a small business owner, be very much aware, he also wants to raise or reduce uh, the small business tax deduction. That's for pass-throughs that we've become so fond of since 2017. Uh, He's going to limit it to business owners that are considered to be making over a certain amount of money per year. I believe that's about $400,000 a year household. So again, none of those proposals are going to happen this year, but they are setting the stage for uh, the president's uh, uh, platform when he ultimately and inevitably decides to run for re-election in 2024. Next has to do with pay transparency. Even before the September 17th effective date of New York State's pay transparency law, Governor of New York State Hochul has signed into law amendments to the law. Under the law, as passed, employers must share compensation ranges as well as the job description if it exists when advertising jobs, promotions, or transfers and comply with record-keeping requirements. The amendments attempt to clarify application of the statute to remote workers. Although ambiguity remains, the new language indicates the provisions cover postings for jobs that will be physically performed outside of New York but will report to a supervisor office, or other work site in New York. Bottom line is this, guys. If you are looking to advertise for an employee, particularly in a remote employee, you need to check with your attorney and make to, need to make sure if you're in the state of New York that you're in compliance with pay transparency laws of the state. Also, keep an eye out. The Federal Department of Labor, my sources tell me, are also considering pay transparency laws at a national level as well. The bottom line is, wherever you're located in the country, if you're going to advertise, you really should be advertising at least a range of what the job is going to pay. Uh, That way, you can make sure you're not accused of any bias or any other types of problems. So pay transparency is a thing. It's not just in New York State. It's going to continue and it will be. uh, it's going to be considered even at a national level. So keep an eye out. Number three has to do with tipping. Changes in tipping protocols brought on partially by those emerging technologies is attracting regulatory attention. You know, when you go to like buy something at a store and it automatically asks you for a tip, even though you're, it's not really like a restaurant or anything. And you're like, why do I have to tip? 
Well, this practice is starting to become uh, under scrutiny by uh, certain people in the federal government as more retailers are deploying point-of-sale capabilities, which allow customers to enter an order into a tablet and swipe a credit card to add their signature and a tip. Tip amounts have exponentially increased, including for traditionally untipped transactions. In addition to recent IRS initiatives intended to ensure this incremental income is appropriately taxed, the Consumer Financial Protection Board is noting that implicit pressure to add an often preordained tip amount for a wider array of transactions may fall under the current focus on junk fees, inflating costs at a purchaser's conclusion. So this uh, is going to be an issue. I'm going to be writing about this actually soon uh, nationally in The Guardian, uh, mainly because uh, it's it, it definitely has its pros and cons, asking people to tip your employees. I don't know if you do. I always seem to do it. I do it. It's called guilt tipping. Uh, and, and, and most of my friends, when I've asked them, they wind up tipping as well. In my opinion, guys, uh, as long as the money is shared with your employees, I think it's a great way for compensation for employees and, you know, don't tell anyone, but it does take a little bit less pressure off the business owner to increase compensation to employees if they're getting that much more in tips, doesn't it? So this is going to be an interesting and controversial debate that we're going to see play out over the next few months. Finally, a proposed exemption from Florida's minimum wage law is raising eyebrows The State Senate Commerce and Tourism Committee voted this week to approve a measure that would incorporate into the state's minimum wage law an exclusion for minor league baseball players. The bill's sponsor indicated that time that the minor leagues spend on the field and in training, often well beyond 40 hours weekly, is analogous to interviewing for a job. Other lawmakers voiced concern, as did the AFL-CIO and other organized labor groups, which cautioned that such a precedent would be used to justify carve-outs to minimum wage requirements for other industries. So what do you think, guys? Do you think that minor league baseball players should be subject to the state's minimum wage law? Do you think they're interviewing for a job when they're playing for their minor league team, particularly during uh, the uh, Cactus League or the Grapefruit League season and spring training? I don't know. Sounds like a big deal. But you know what? However that's resolved, all I care about is the fact that baseball season is starting in just a couple of weeks, and that's the most important thing. Let's go Phillies. Hey, everybody. You've been listening to this week's Paychecks Thrive Week in Review podcast. We've gone over some big issues for you. President Biden's new budget, New York State's pay transparency law, tipping protocols, which might be changing, and potentially a change in minimum minimum wage rules for minor league baseball players in Florida. All of interest, maybe to you, depending on where you live and where your business operates. Hope you've enjoyed this. I will be back to you next week with another episode of the Week in Review. My name is Gene Marks. Again, you've been listening to Paychecks Week in Review, a Thrive podcast. If you are interested in advice, tips, or help in running your business, please visit us at payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.